Welcome to the Family Room, sponsored by Versprite, where we offer hope, encouragement, and wisdom centered on biblical truth and Catholic teaching, because God's kingdom begins at home. Now welcome your hosts, Mari, John, and Craig, right here on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. John Gordon here in the family room with my brother, Craig. Hello, Craig. Hey, buddy. And my sister, Mari. Hello. So because this is Catholic radio, I thought today we would talk about motorcycles, ninja black belts, and surfing, because those are all very Catholic topics, I think. What do you think? <laughs> I think I, you're crazy, I, John. I, I, I would say so. Jesus was a, was a tough guy, so I could see him on a motorcycle in today's world. And I'm, trying surfing. To, I'm trying to imagine Jesus hanging 10. Can he walk on water and surf without a surfboard, though? Ooh, hadn't oh, thought about that. Hadn't go. thought about okay, that. Okay, but hold on. Having grown up on Guam, Jesus was definitely there, and I could totally see him on the beach. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, worked there, for me. All right. Then we're going to go ahead with this interview. I think, Craig, you want, you're going to introduce our guest this morning. I will, yeah. Why don't you get us down that path, please? Yep, sure. We are actually speaking with uh, Bear Wozniak, and some of you may have known him. Uh, he's certainly a world-class surfer. He's a certified ninja black belt. He also has Bear Wozniak's adventure radio program, EWTN series, Long Ride Home. He's a Benedictine Oblate. He's an author and a speaker, and we've got him on because of his authorship. He has written a book called 12 Rules of Manliness, Where Have All the Cowboys Gone by Sophia Press. I can't wait because, you know, we're poking fun about all these different topics, and we're going to talk about a topic that's not popular, and we're going to make it right. Bear, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Before we bring him in, though, why don't we start with our typical prayer, if Mari would be kind enough. Sure, I'd be glad to. That'd be great. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We praise you as our Abba Father. We praise you as the one who um, did create us in your image, and we thank you for that. Male and female, you created us, and we praise you, and we thank you for that. And Lord, as we listen to Bear's heart today, we thank you for all of the ways he is serving you, uh, the ways he's serving you to help draw uh, men and their sons and their moms closer to you in very profound and very pragmatic ways as well. So, Lord, thank you for that. Please be with all of our listeners who are tuning in and help us to ever draw closer to you. It's in your son's precious and holy name that we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So we finally let Bear talk. Good, <laughs> Good morning. Well, I say well, it's morning for you. You're, you're in Hawaii, right, Bear? Yeah, right here in Waikiki Beach. I live on Queen Liliokalani's uh, land. What it was her land, and the St. Augustine's Catholic Church is directly next to me. In fact, if I look right down from my condo uh, windows, I'm probably looking right down on the altar. So, wow, I'm very privileged to be to be here. We love Waikiki. It's like for a surfer, it's like living on the 18-hole golf course because there's all these different reefs that pick up different swell directions and. So, uh, so I kind of sometimes Cindy and I will go out on our stand-up paddle boards and we'll go surf every single break. So it's like it's like golfing. Uh, do one at a, do one wave on each break. It's kind of like golfing uh, eighteen holes. <laughs> wow! Yeah, great place. That's... Yeah, I met my wife on a surfboard. We tandem surfed together. I, we, I lift her when we surf. She she met me uh, in Cocoa Beach. Uh, at a, I was competing out there and. Um, and she said, I want to do that, basically make a long story short. So we met, we fell in love on a tandem surfboard. We just did the Duke Ocean Fest here, you know, where I lift her 
and all these extreme lifts, and uh, she just looks so beautiful and graceful and powerful. Awesome. Wow. Cool. So before we dig deep into more of Bear Wozniak in Hawaii, there's there's just you guys have been in the news here just because of all the fires and stuff over there. And 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 uh, I guess a couple points. Number one, um, any updates that you can share quickly? And then number two, if there's a particular charity or charitable organization that you think our listeners should understand or know about, um, feel free to share that. But but most importantly, know that y'all are in our prayers here a lot. Well, I'll just share briefly about that. You know, we, we had our Duke Ocean Fest here last week. We had watermen and waterwomen from all the islands come together for a major surf event. And we did a paddle out with 500 people. Mm. We usually do paddle outs, you know, when someone passes away. And this was so significant to, to go out there. There was a lot of grief and a lot of uh, hugging and, and loving each other because everybody has a connection to Maui. My dad was actually a Catholic deacon at Maria Lanaquila Church. Uh, they lived uh, just outside of Lahaina. Lahaina is a, is a very historic town. It's, it's, a, it, it's built, it looks a lot like as if you went to, the, to um, the vineyard or someplace or Boston or someplace because the Boston, the whaling people from the Northeast came around here and, and they basically founded Lahaina or, or made, it, made it the whaling village for this area. And so uh, it was really dramatic when you look at the, the pictures. The, the whole town was, was ashes, mm. complete ashes. And there's really only two things left standing. Uh, one is Maria Lanaquila Catholic Church. The school was taken away, but, you know, it's so beautiful, the sacrament, where the sacrament was. Um, they had Mass there the, the next Saturday, mm. the oh, next wow. weekend, I mean. Oh, and um and then there's the banyan tree. A banyan tree is very beautiful. It sends out, it reminds me of a Catholic church. It has a beautiful trunk that goes up, and as it grows out, it drops vines, and those vines eventually become massive trunks to support. So this is a, a banyan tree that had 18 trunks mm. uh, spread out over a city block, and it looks like they've been able to save that tree, too. Wow. So it's such a beautiful picture of community. It's such a beautiful picture of the Catholic church and the growth of the church. So, you know, and, and it's um, the Maria, La, Maria Lanaquila means Mary, Our Lady of Victory. Mm. And so it just gives us not just it's not, people keep calling it the symbol of hope. No, the Eucharist was there. It's hope itself, you know. And so uh, the Catholic Church has withstood a lot of testing over the years mm -hmm. and uh, has been a refuge for so many people. Um, there's a place that on the Big Island, Big Island called the City of Refuge, but but uh, really, it's the Catholic Church, the, the Eucharist, uh, God Himself, who's our real refuge. Are, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Praise be to God. Mm -hmm. Well, since you uh, said so, if people want to help us. Oh yeah, thank you. If they want to help us? They can go to uh, um, CatholicCharitiesHawaii.org. Seems to be doing a real good job of getting money to the people directly, and that's really what we need more than anything is just financial support. We've been sending, we've been, from the first, we, I remember the Waikiki Yacht Club, boats were sailing over there, bringing things, and then picking up people and bringing them back who needed places to live. But now, really, what they just need is funding. So, I'll make sure we put that in our show notes as yeah. well so everybody can, can see that. So since you kind of started down the path with your father as a deacon, can you share real quickly your faith journey? I love that because, you know, my ministry is called... Uh, 
uh, Deep Adventure, right? And my show is The Bear Wozniak Adventure. Everybody has an adventure. Everybody's on an adventure. And uh, so my faith journey is I was raised as a Catholic by mom and father. My mom was a, was converted from, from being a Lutheran in a very beautiful way uh, as a young girl. She was actually kicked out of her, her adopted parents' home because she uh, she found the Lord when she was young. Oh, and then my dad, who was a Ukrainian Catholic, so those two were married and um, wanted to go deeper with the Lord. And back in the day, during the, I call it the Wild West days of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal, uh, my mother mother went to a charismatic prayer meeting, and she said, if you come, I'll buy you a pair of blue jeans. I knew <laughs> I was in college. I was in college, and there's a couple of cute girls there, too, so okay, I'll go. Uh, and I saw in there people had this personal relationship with the Lord. Like when they prayed, they weren't just, their prayers weren't bouncing off the walls. And I actually really had wanted a, a walk with God. I, I was thinking of God as kind of a... Um, a father that sent child support checks, but didn't really mm. want to hold me and have a relationship mm. with me. Mm. And I really I had come to the point in my life where I thought I'd lived a virtuous life, uh, you know, um, in, a, in every way. I wasn't the sex, rugs and dr- drugs and rock and roll type guy in college, but I just wanted more. And I was kind of almost to that point where you say, is that all there is? And uh, tried many different paths, philosophy and Buddhism, and just trying to explore what could be possible reading, uh, you know, the great philosophers and everything. And I just finally, when I went there, I saw these guys really know Jesus. So I asked them to pray with me, and they go, well, no, you need to think about it, because you need to give everything to the Lord, you know. Mm -hmm. And then the next week when they prayed with me, I had a powerful infusion of the Holy Spirit, uh, changed my life forever, Mm -hmm. so unexpected. And then my father, a few days later, he had that experience. Oh, wow. And so in time, the whole family did, and my father eventually went on to become a Catholic deacon. I, however, was—most of the people I was exposed to were really beautiful Christians, non-Catholic Christians. And I just thought solo fide, you know, by faith alone, and once saved, always saved, and, and um, um, you know, by uh, sola scriptura, by, you know, the Bible only. I just thought that's what it was. And so I got confused over time. And I drifted off into being a non-denominational guy, and I was, you know, doing youth groups and things like that. But at one point, my dad sent me the Liturgy of the Hour, and I began to pray that. Because I thought, God, you know, you shouldn't be doing vain repetition prayers. But I started thinking, well, I'm just kind of trying to make up the same prayer different every day. I'm God <laughs> learn the value in, in doing the Liturgy. And I began to read these guys in the back of the liturgy, the Office of Readings. And then he sent me my good friend Stephen Ray's book, Crossing the Tiber, yeah. and I found the early church fathers. When I came to Justin Martyr and I saw the epic, where he wrote the Epiclesis, you know what, the, I, I thought, well, that's the same words I hear today. Hmm. And so I just came roaring back to the faith, and, my, and, and I, 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 I just ferociously hunger for Catholic faith. I've been back now for 12 years, and... You know, when I first came back, I would sit down on the beach, have a cigar, and read on my iPad, and people would text me, hey, what you doing? And I'd go, well, I'm down here with a few friends. Who are you with? Thomas Aquinas. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, so the Catholic faith has really grounded me. And, uh, and, and, and you know, when I met Cindy, she wasn't a Catholic, my, my beautiful bride, and she just fell in love with the faith. And so we were married uh this has been married now about six or six years coming up here in, in the next in this in this coming month. So mm. beautiful story. So praise God for the Catholic. You know the Catholic faith makes sense, doesn't it? It's for thinking people. It absolutely, very much is. So. I love it the fact is. that 
I read through the whole catechism on my website, deep, on my YouTube uh, site, Bear Walking Deep Adventure. I, I, I teach through the entire catechism about 10 or 15 minutes at a time uh, down at the beach usually. I used to record those early in the morning. And, I mean, when you read the catechism, it just makes sense. Mm. Just makes sense. So praise Absolutely. God. Absolutely, yeah. it is an act of the will. Yep. Yeah, um, that's the that's the short version, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll have to have you come back and tell us the long version. But yeah, we appreciate hearing that, and I think a lot of our listeners will relate to that. You know, slowly coming, dipping their toes, but then having a beautiful experience of the Holy Spirit, and and then searching. You know, that God does want us to search and search after Him, and if we seek Him, He tells us that He will. You know, he will be right there, which is beautiful. So you've kind of answered this in a way because you've talked a little bit about um, your Catholic faith and how it has infused all parts of your life. But what's beautiful and what we'd love to hear more about is how, you know, once the Catholic faith got hold of you, started infusing all of these areas of your life, everything from surfing to your motorcycles to Louis L'Amour, um, you know, <laughs> Westerns, <laughs> right? Um it's it sets you on this this journey. So can you talk to us a little bit about how your faith has woven into all of these areas of your life? Because God doesn't say you can't be who you are anymore and you can't love these other things that you love, like, you know, your motorcycles and your Westerns are. But but it sounds like he's put you in a path of creating additional projects to engage others and to invite others into your faith. Can you talk about that a bit? Well, I'll just say this, you know, yes, that's that's a bunch I have a habit every day of going out, uh, you know, other than our, our regular surfing. But every day, my wife and I usually we usually go to this beautiful place we call the swimming hole. Have you ever heard the Pacific Ocean? <laughs> and uh, we, we we swim out and uh, beyond the waves in this beautiful place where fresh water is flowing from a spring right into the ocean. And it's just beautiful. We get out just beyond the waves, and we and I just tread water for an hour and. We're out there together. When she goes in, then I go into my time of contemplative prayer. And I was praying the other morning, the other day. And, you know, in Hawaii, the name for father is Kemakua, right? It's father. And so I was praying praying to the father uh, with his Hawaiian, in the Hawaiian language, Makua. And I, find, I suddenly found myself just, you know, thank you, Lord, for making, you know, when, when our mother and father conceive us, even if it's in the, you know, we, we, our human body is conceived, and sometimes those conceptions are maybe you were on one a child or maybe it was in the worst possible scenario. But regardless, God is a father. And I just began to realize, because Makua means father, that God, God as the father conceived in me that beautiful spiritual rational soul at that very moment. And in that spiritual rational soul, he made me in this, with a unique mind, uh, soul way of thinking, desires, which are different than passions, desires are upward yearning, a desire means stars, those are the root stars, as opposed to passions, and certain gifts and talents that over time I've developed. Well, that's the way God made me, and he made me for a purpose, as we say in philosophy, the talos, you know, of our life. And I just said, God, thank you for making me, I like the way you made me. <laughs> um, uh, I, 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 I want to fulfill the, the purpose, but I can see the purpose, but I just really like it, and thank you. And not saying that I've made that I've fulfilled the way you made me, but I'm not saying that. But just I like it. Thank you, God the Father, for conceiving me. So we all have this. We have all in us um, this call 
you know, this purpose. I know what I have in store for you, plans for peace, not destruction, a future reserved for you full of hope. If you seek me, I'll let you find me. Then he says, if you seek me with all your heart, mm-hmm. I will let you find me. And so as we seek the Lord, um, you can bet you can bet your life it's going to be an adventure. Our, our creed in our ministry is that, and we think in our book, by the way, the book is 12 Rules for Manliness, Where Have All the Cowboys Gone?, the key is that every man needs a code and a creed he can live by. Our creed is that the most radical quest, and I love, I love the your, quest. <laughs> your, your, so, so the quest is uh, Master Stephen Hayes. I'm a, I'm a second-degree ninja black belt. I trained with the first white ninja. I helped him start his quest centers oh, as, wow. uh, uh, around the country and the world. Uh, so, um, so anyway, so our, our saying is the most radical a uh, quest that you can have in life is to abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. And men will come up to me and go, well, you know, I would like to have an adventure outside life too, but I've got these kids to take care of. And I'm like, dude, that's the most adventurous thing you can do. You know, <laughs> I remember when I was in social studies, senior year in high school, just had this tater tots or whatever they made for us there for lunch. And I'm falling asleep. And then I had this kind of epiphany that someday I could bring, be a father and bring a, a being into existence who would live forever, and it blew my mind. And from that moment, I wanted to be a dad. Mm-hmm. All my decisions were based on being married and being dad. That is the greatest adventure of all: is to find a a, a, a bride to share your life with, and to bring these e- e- souls that will live forever into existence. But there's also there's just that adventure. You know, when you if, if you want to see God's God move, you're not going to see it sitting on the couch and not following His will. You you know you all know this. You know those those walls that seem impossible to get through that God present, allows to be in your life, and you Lord, okay, Lord, I don't know how this is going to go away, and then you pray, and the wall tumbles oh, down, yeah. mm-hmm. and so you don't get to see God do stuff if you're not in His will. You just get a glance at Him. You're supposed to. You're, you're not supposed to glance at the Lord. You're supposed to gaze at the Lord mm-hmm. as He gazes at you. So, yeah, the great adventure is just that being in the in prayer every day. Abandoning yourself to God's will, and then what we like, my friend Jason Jones says, and then wait for the Holy Spirit action. Plan. There you <laughs> go. That's I don't great. know if I, if, but I had a man come up once and say, introduce me to his wife, and he goes, "This is this is Bear Wozniak. I told you he's the guy that follows his passions." And I go, "No, I don't." Go, "Yeah, you're that guy. You run with the bulls. You skydive. You follow your passion." I go, "No, I I don't want to anyway. I want passion means to suffer. Mm-hmm. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit." And, the, and if you are, get ready for the ride of your life. Everybody involved at Catholic Radio knows this. Because <laughs> most of the people who started those stations now knew nothing about radio stations before the Lord tapped them on the Amen. shoulder. Amen. Yeah. All it. three of us. You yeah. read the script. <laughs> <laughs> and, actually, yeah. and as you're saying, so listeners, if you are just tuning on in here, you are here in the Quest Atlanta Radio um, in the family room with Bear Wozniak. And we're talking with him about all of these adventures, all these wonderful ways that he's letting God um, lead him um, and he's being called according to God and his God's purposes and um, most recently he's got a new book coming out called 12 Rules for Manliness Where Have All the Cowboys Gone and in a second we're going to dive a bit deeper into that book but I also want to make sure that everybody also knows about some of your other adventure 
um, adventures and some of your other products and things you've got out there because just listening, I, I was getting very excited. You have something for mom specifically called Mama Bear, but your website is deepadventure.com. You keep talking about quests and adventures, so you, you put your money where your mouth is, and your website is deepadventure.com. Your podcast is The Bear Wozniak Adventure, um, but then you also have a school of manliness. You, you talk about your man cave. You've got your Mama Bear. Can you just briefly touch on some of those before we dive deeper into your, the book yeah, thank you for asking. Yeah, the mama bears, by the way, are the most. My, my, it was funny when the Lord. I was praying. What do we call these, these women who love our ministry? Because I, I think we have more women that love our ministry than guys. Like they drag <laughs> the guys kicking and screaming to the ministry. Sounds right. Typical women. Sounds yeah. Right. yeah. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> women are like kindling. You know, men are like big oaks. They need. They need that fire of the women. Now, did you say oaks but... or oaks? Oaks or oaks? <laughs> what, what are we? Big oaks. Oh, okay. That's how I heard it. <laughs> Good. Okay. I'm just checking. Before we can even get out of the car, the women will surround the car and saying, tell our men we need them to be men again. Mm. Uh, but we love our mama bears. We know we run on their prayers. And so we have a place for the mama bears to go and become a member. And there's a there's a 12-month curriculum there on the virtues. And they get access to all of our radio shows. There's a few hundred radio shows, video versions of the radio show up there. Our Long Ride Home TV show, we just released season four. It starts next week on EWTN. Long Ride Home uh, is going to start airing. And, but, but, but people who are members get access to all of the 33 episodes of that and, and a lot of other things, too. And then they just get it every week. They get a, the video version of our radio show sent to them. And then for the men, we have the man cave. It's kind of based on the cave of Adullam, you know, where back in the day, uh, King David was running from Saul. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, all, it says all the basically all the misfits showed up at this cave. <laughs> People who owed money, uh, knuckle draggers basically. I, they were running There's from your the law. There you go. I, I kind of envision them running from their mother-in-laws too sometimes. <laughs> but they show up in this cave, and and God formed them, and they formed each other into the mighty men of valor. So the man cave is a non-Facebook community for men that are uh, like 18 years of age or older. And then we have the School of Manliness, that, which is associated with that, which is a three-year curriculum. And uh, we go through, each month we go through one of those lessons together as a group. And it's really cool. It's got video, it's got written content, it's got audio content, it's got uh, assessments, it's got ways to set goals and stuff in your life. But what's begun to happen is the men uh, become members, and if their son is confirmation age or older, uh, or if they feel they are ready, we give them a. Uh, they get ac- the, the son will get access to the school of manliness, not the man cave, but the school. And the school is uh, you can track how your child is going as they go through it. But then once a week, the dads get together with their sons and go. So let's let's read this month's lesson. Let's spend thirty minutes because you know how often when your son when your sons get to that age, uh, what you what you do today? Oh, nothing. What you learn in school? Oh, nothing. <laughs> it gives you some traction to have a real dialogue. Yep. with your sons and uh the the first year is is something too that you can you can do with your daughter so the, the most excited i am i don't know i'm sure there's other things like this but i don't know of any other curriculum where the dads engage with their sons yeah in this school of manliness and well, I, it, it's yeah. roughly based on these two, it's roughly based on these two guys out of atlanta i don't know if you've heard of them John and Craig. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I, was, I, was, I felt a lot of similarity, but I just didn't want to say anything, you know, because I frequently get mistaken for a manly cowboy. 
<laughs> no, we appreciate we appreciate you building that us mama bears speaking for the mama bears. Most, we yeah. appreciate you creating this content. And in the Catholic world, I hadn't seen anything like this. When my son was much younger, we did use some resources from our Protestant brothers and sisters that they had put some things together, mm-hmm. passport to purity and some things oh, like really? that. Right. That my husband sat and did some work with my son. But it was a more of a kind of a weekend type of program that they did together. I left town That's for so the weekend. Great that you did that. Yeah, we did that with yeah. my husband. Did that with him. I did one with my daughter. But they were really short. They weren't like this, wow. where you're saying you've got a you know a twelve month, three years. It's pretty cool the different curriculums you have. So I know people yeah, are going to be excited. Yeah, you walked an adventure. Yeah. By the way, my, when we were thinking about naming them the Mama Bears, the next day my son walked in and goes, "Hey, Dad, remember when we had that cabin up by Glacier Park?" Remember how ferocious those mama bears were up there? <laughs> so he kind of confirmed the whole thing because yeah. <laughs> we had a couple encounters. Yeah, there's nothing more fierce than a mama bear and, and her cubs. Protecting right? a cub. I want to get us quickly deep, deep into the book, right? And very mm. frankly, we were anxious to get to this point, Bear, because we've spoken a lot amongst the three of us that the whole idea of manliness is not popular in our culture right now. And and you kind of go straight to the heart of manliness and tee up this metaphor of cowboy. And like, I'm going to date myself, but I grew up with Rawhide and the Virginian and Gunsmoke. Yeah. And like, I'm like, they, that, John, that, John Wayne, baby. Yeah, mm-hmm. that conjures a whole image. Bonanza. That, so yeah. why did you choose, or, or maybe yeah. I just answered the question, why did you choose cowboy as my your wife, metaphor? My wife chose that. Ah. Mama Bear my, got wife it, right. is, my wife is a cowgirl. All right. My wife is a cowgirl. All right. And we were driving along Diamond Head a, few, a couple of years ago, and she said, you got to hear this song. And there's a song that goes, where have all the cowboys gone? Mm-hmm. Right. Where's my John Wayne? Where's my happy ending? I'll take care of the kids. You make the money. It's all there in that song. And uh, and I go, okay, there's my book. There it is. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and then the Lord just kept inspiring. And my, my wife, I call her TC. She's a tough chick, you know? And all, by the way, we do a lot of John Wayne quotes and a lot of Louis L'Amour quotes. I got to talk to his widow, Kathleen, to get permission for that. So in the book, the flavor, that cowboy flavor really comes out because my wife was a cowgirl. And uh-huh. all of Louis L'Amour's women were, were strong women mm-hmm. who found themselves in a vulnerable place. And not a lot of authors represented women like that in, in the past. And so he was one of the first to really represent women as being strong. But then the man... Would, the cowboy would come along in, in a vulnerable place. And in his books, the men were all, were all virtuous. I mean, they had their flaws, but they were seeking at least to live by virtue. And I don't know if you know this, but I'm learning Latin. Do you know what the Latin word is for man? Mm-mm. It's ver. The root word for virtue is man. This is where the word virility comes from. Right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. The reason why the reason why I call the book Twelve Rules for Manliness is because I didn't want to say Catholic masculinity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Smart. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That was I'm that's a, to speak at a conference. I don't want to hear about the the masculine genius. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear about manliness. That's what the book focuses on. Wonderful, and that's a good segue for us to be hanging on for just a minute as we go into break. So we'll be back here in the family room right after this break with Bear Wozniak and his book. 12 Rules for Manliness, Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? We'll be right back inside the family room in moments. Sponsored by Versprite on The Quest. In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award-winning Versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see Versprite.com. That's V-E-R-Sprite.com. The Quest thanks Versprite for their support. The Quest presents 
Pro-Life Minutes. Think of the most famous unplanned pregnancy. Mary, a poor unmarried teenager, accepted God's will for her life. Her unplanned pregnancy brought us the savior of the world. Just as Mary said yes to life, the mothers of Tim Tebow, Beethoven, Nick Cannon, and JP2 all rejected abortion for their child. Yet all of them have impacted the world through their lives. To the families feeling burdened by an unplanned pregnancy, have faith in God's plan. All babies are made in the image and likeness of God. Let every child be born for the birth of every child changes the world. Let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. This is Father Michael Silloway from Christ Our King and Savior Catholic Church in Greensboro, Georgia. And the Sushi Pay prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola is one of my favorites. Please join me in praying it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace, and that will be enough for me. Amen. This is Lisa Popchek from More to Life. Catholic Radio changes lives. It's for you, with you, every single day. Whether you're rejoicing over something and you need a community to share that with, or you're struggling with something and you need a community to support you. We're here for you every day to teach you about your faith and to help you live it. This is your home, and we're always here for you. Thanks to our friends at EWTN, our programming is provided free of charge. But this station has other expenses that must be paid to keep the doors open and the lights on. Support of your local Catholic radio station helps keep shows like More to Life available in your area. No matter the amount, your gift works to make a difference for you, for others, and for the future of Catholic radio. Please prayerfully consider making a gift right now. We'll talk to you soon. To donate, log on to thequestatlanta.com. St. Joseph was a man of few words. In fact, not a single word of his was recorded in Scripture. But the Father of Jesus spoke abundantly in his silence, and he certainly gave us a lot to talk about. Want to go deeper? Listen to the St. Joseph series on your Quest app and on thequestatlanta.com. Welcome back to The Family Room with Mari, John, and Craig, sponsored by Versprite on AM 1160 The Quest. Aloha. How do you say aloha in Guam where I know you used to live? Yes. And on Guam, we would say half a day. So half a day. Half a day. Yes, half a day. So we're glad to have you with us. And we are talking about Bear's new book. It's called 12 Rules for Manliness. Where have all the cowboys gone? And so right after he tells us about his favorite family room memory, we are going to dive into that book because with 12 rules, we've got a lot of great ground to cover. So Bear... Family room memory, whether it was growing up, whether it's with your current family, what really kind of stood out in your mind as a family room memory you'd like to share? Well, you know, everybody's probably got the same memory. I used to like it on Tuesdays and Thursdays. On Tuesdays, we would gather around the family room, and we had the fireplace, and we'd put a bullseye in there, and we'd take target practice. My whole family. Yeah, everybody does that. I can't tell. 
And then, and then Thursdays were reloading, and we had a lot better conversation when we were reloading on Thursday. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I think we That's should use that. They don't take that out. <laughs> That's actually a memory of one of my friends, though, my arch enemy and great friend. He competed a lot of times in tandem. No, um, I just my one of my favorite memories is watching my kids couch surf, and I don't mean lay around on the couch, but they had this habit of standing up and surfing on the back, you know, the back support of the couch. And I don't know, just that's what comes to my mind. Just, But it's just kind of that, that feeling of the family. You know, I recall that that brought out around. the mama bear and my mother. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah, awesome. But my son, Jeremiah, who uh, I remember my son, Jeremiah, doing that. And he eventually surfed 85-foot waves. Oh, wow. So, no kidding. Great. Wow. All my children are surfers. But, yeah, so you didn't like the reloading on thursday <laughs> thought it was great no it's yeah. awesome i was just wondering in hawaii why you had a fireplace because we didn't have those on guam <laughs> we don't have them actually they held up the target well, 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 part in, yeah in in, in molokai where my dad was a deacon there was a there's a ranch high up on the hill where it's cooler they had a beautiful fireplace it's the only one i know of in hawaii <laughs> very nice so let's let's go right into it bear because you your book you know, 12 rules for manliness. Where have all the cowboys gone? What are the 12 rules? And if we've got to give a spoiler alert, you know, we'll do that. But can, is this a good time to talk about what are the 12 rules for manliness? Yeah. I mean, there's more than 12. The first one is a man's got to have a creed and live by a code. So the creed is basically that one or two sentences of what you really stand for. And then as a, a Benedictine oblate, you know, I have the rules of St. Benedict. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, if you look at the Marine Code, the Marines have a creed in Semper Fidelis, but then they have a code they live by too. The creed would be just what you stand for. And then there's, there's the rules would be how you live out your life. And they're basically a lot of what we're emphasizing here is the cardinal virtues. But mm -hmm. uh, a man's got to have a, a creed, a, a code he can live by. Uh, ride for the brand. I'll just read them off and then okay, we'll go deep okay. into some if you want. Yeah, actually, be a man of your word. A man needs to be dangerous. Man, be able to make a stand. Bridle your passion so good things can run wild. Don't be a drifter. Seek God's purpose for you. Ride the proving trail. Pursue your course of action. Come hell or high water, get the job done. Be lean and mean. Be physically fit, you know, fitness mm -hmm. and witness. Mm -hmm. Build brotherhood. And then I think one of the most important ones, I kind of leaving them for last, because you've got to do all these other things before these other things can happen in your life. How a man, treat, how a man treats a woman defines him. Mm. And then the adventure of fatherhood. There's a lot more, but that's just the, the 12th, all I had enough time to write about. <laughs> and out of room. We'll, we'll wait yeah, for the second book. When you dig into those... Hmm? So we'll wait for the second book to cover another 12. Yeah. I don't know. The next one we might do on sailing. We're not sure. <laughs> okay. But yeah. But there's plenty more rules. I'm sure that. And so everyone needs to define their own rules. But this is just gives people some traction. Now, look, that's great. One that stands out to me, if you don't mind asking about it or me asking you about it is I know Jordan Peterson has actually said the exact same thing. And I'm sure some people may cringe when they hear a man needs to be dangerous because you automatically assume a negative aggressiveness or whatever. Number one, define what it means for a man to be dangerous. But number two, was Jesus a cowboy and was he dangerous? Okay, make sure I would get, get to all of that. I, uh, 
Well, okay, so yeah, Jesus. By the way, he was he was a dangerous man. He was known to take a whip out at times, <laughs> you know. And there's nothing more dangerous than someone that goes against the culture, mm-hmm. right? And uh, stands up for what he believes in. There's no more. There's no one more dangerous than God, man. I mean, there's just no one more. Da- I mean, I, my life is in His hands. Yep. When we ride big waves, we, we say it. We call it being in God's hands. So. Uh, isn't there a saying that the beginning of the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. People have no fear of God anymore. And, 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 and we need to take into consideration uh, that we are fearsome and wonderfully made, made for a purpose, made in God's image. So, um, so yes, Jesus, was, Jesus, when he went to Golgotha, I'm a ninja black belt. You know, as you progress in martial arts, and ninja ninja is a deadly art. It isn't sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you progress in martial arts, though, you one of the things you learn to do is stage the fight. And so, you know, like in a knife fight, which is one of my favorite things to practice in, is you stage the fight by giving your opponent a target. Now, if they're crazy, they may not take the bait. But once you've, once you've given them the target, if they have a knife, you pretty much know that it's going to be the knife that attacks you. And if you stage the fight by giving them an opening, you pretty much know that's where it's going to go. So you, you can respond pretty quickly. And I did this with a men's group once in Florida. I demonstrated a knife attack. I had a friend attack me with a wooden knife. And I said, just whatever happens, just go with it. Because you're going to feel yourself flying up through the air, but I'll make sure you don't get hurt. <laughs> so as he attacked me, I gave him a target. He, he struck me at the target. I did a wrist throw. And as he was going down, the knife cut his throat. And he rolled across the church, and his gun flew out of his pocket <laughs> in Florida. So he brought a gun to a knife fight. He brought a gun to a knife fight instead of the other way around. But Jesus did that. He staged that fight on Golgotha, right? Yeah. He staged that fight. And, uh, you know, they, they were duking it out. And eventually, um, Jesus allowed him to, to make that, take that mortal blow. But he took the weapon of, of Satan's weapon was death. And, you know, we say dying, he destroyed our death. He destroyed Satan's weapon. Mm. He staged that fight. Yeah. So Jesus is a dangerous man. Now, men, there's level, different levels of where a man needs to be dangerous. The most fundamental is he needs to be able to fight, physically fight, if it comes down to it. A lot of, and now, now you've got to have a, diff, a different strategies because there's different types of body types and mentalities. As a ninja, we train a lot in the mentality of the fight. You know, uh, what kind of energy is coming at us, psycho energy or, or, you know, the first response usually in a fight is shock. You don't know what's going on unless you're being aware. So it's a different type of men. You know, some men may need need to, of course, the number one way to protect yourself and your family is to keep them away from danger. Mm -hmm. You know, avoid the near occasion of sin and all that. But but in a physical fight, can you go more than 30 seconds? And nowadays, if you can last more than two minutes, you're probably going to win. So when men join the man cave, it's interesting how almost right away, they get on a they get on a weight loss program with us. I mean, it's not like a weight loss program, but we check in as the men every week. This is this was my fitness regimen for the week. This is what I did with my prayer life. This, these are things how the Lord blessed me or used me or things like that in our life. But if you're not physically fit, you're going to die young, and you're going to even if you live, you're just going to end up being a burden to everyone, and you're not going to be able to fulfill fulfill your mission. So man needs to be physically fit, and he probably needs to know. Have some basic concept of how to throw a, a, a punch, how to block, how to kick. Probably needs to know. Maybe some people need to have a weapon, spray, a gun, whatever. 
people need to think about. Because if a man gets taken out, his family gets taken out. Right. So it's not just if you're defending yourself, you're actually defending your kids. So, in the in the best of all possible worlds, we wouldn't have to fight like that. But, but we need to be willing to, and able to physically fight. Um, then there's the. So I'm not just being pseudo spiritual here. I'm just talking like a father would talk to his sons. Every one of my children trained all the way to halfway to black belt. Two of them I got to test for their black belts. And each one of them had the occasion where they're glad that they they were trained. When you're trained, you can you can you can submit someone without necessarily totally destroying them. You know, if you the more trained you are to fight, the less injury physical, yeah. and you can inflict a lot of pain without any injury. Mm-hmm. So now, then the next level is: Are you willing to stand up for the for for Jesus? You know, in the culture today, what an opportunity we have! It's Christians stand out. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you're a lukewarm, fake Christian and a bad advertisement for God, a Christian ought to stand out. You know, when when uh, when when just the other day on the golf course, someone kept using Jesus' name, Jesus' name in vain, and every time he said it, I just said the only name by which men could be saved when he used that Jesus Christ as a cuss word. And the next time I was with him, this guy really made an effort to have a relationship with me. He wanted to know more about me, and he didn't use that word anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, when there's the when the when the abortion advocates are walking down the road here, I go and walk with him, and I say, "You're for pro-life. How about the the woman's life in the womb? You know, are we? We don't need to be. We need to have a certain uh, uh, wisdom and skill. What what fights that are our fights, and which fights are just provocations from the enemy that don't lead anywhere." But there needs to be a point, and a lot of men that I know, I'm sure women too, in their careers, oh, you want to be part of the Rainbow Committee? Well, yeah, well, well um, okay. Or do you say no? And when you, the minute you say no, you don't get fired, but you don't get any, any you don't get any career uh, advancement. Yeah. So are you willing to make a stand against, with the culture? And then the, the most important, though, of all of these is, are you able to do spiritual battle? Because mm. our fight... So many get caught up in the political fight and all this other stuff. Really, the fight is in the spiritual realm. Are you praying the rosary for your, for those that that you have kuleana over, as we say in Hawaii, stewardship or responsibility over? Do you do you bless your home? Do you do you make the sign of the cross with water on your, on your wife? Are you? Do, can you smell a rat? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you discern people when you smell a demon? Yeah. When you're walking down the street, you know. Um, and I know, I know this is kind of maybe saying something I shouldn't, but I know as an evangelist from time to time, you know, when someone wants to give their commitment to the Lord, I pray with them right there uh, and then lead them into catechism or other, whatever the next steps are or baptism. But at times when you, in nowadays, when you lead someone to the Lord, a demon will manifest and you just got, are you able to deal with them? Mm-hmm. Can you call on the name of Jesus and deal with what I would say would be a minor exorcism? So I wear the St. Benedict, um, bracelet usually although i just took it off because i said i need a new one honey it's getting worn out yeah the exorcism bracelet my jesus beats so uh, do you do spiritual warfare for your family Mm -hmm. ephesians 6 baby man needs to be dangerous yeah Yeah. well it's fine i know there's a saying that goes when you get up in the morning does satan go oh no he's up Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know is that the response yeah yeah well it's funny when you talk about a man being dangerous everybody flinches but you said it earlier with your um, place in, in the, your cabin in the woods. There's nothing more dangerous than a mama bear. If she knows her kids are in danger, mm-hmm. there's nothing going to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nothing going to mm-hmm. stop her. And we need My to become much more like that. Well, we love our mama bears. 
Mamas need to be dangerous too. Exactly. Yep. yep. And I, I love the way you said, understand who your enemy is and and how you need to combat your enemy. And so sometimes, as you said, it might be physical, but there are a lot of times it's going to be with spiritual power and authority that you can take over. Yeah. 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 Don't don't follow every provocation. Right. right don't exactly. Don't follow every little pro- provocation. Remember, Jesus cast out Satan by by the finger of God, the Holy Spirit. Satan's a punk. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to. Every time someone's having a bad day doesn't mean you have to have one, too. That's a great point. It's time to fight. That's a great point. Yes. Love is not easily offended. Right. Um, So listeners, if you were just God for that. Yeah. (laughs) If you are joining us, you are here in the family room and we are with with our guest, Bear Woznik. And we're talking about his new book, 12 Rules for Manliness. Where have all the cowboys gone? It's it's published by Sophia Press. You can get it through Sophia Press. You can get it on Amazon. If you do, please give him a review and let other people know about this great book, 12 Rules for Manliness, Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? The the rule bear that struck me was the rule on don't be a drifter, seek God's purpose for you. I love that one because I think these days there are a lot of people drifting out there. And, you know, I think about as a parent how important it is to help our children dream and um and have a purpose and understand that they are called and they're called according to God's purpose. So can you tell us more about that, that chapter? Yeah, I wanted to say to the, the mama bears out there, send this book out to the men in your life or get it, send it to them. We're counting on the mama bears. Um, don't be a drifter. Um, what a shame it is when you see people just drifting through life and here God has this beautiful gift of human life and the dignity that comes with it and, and God has a purpose for you. Sometimes they'll get caught, people get caught up in like, oh, I need to have a fulfilling career. Or maybe you don't need a fulfilling career. Maybe you need just the dig. John Paul II wrote about just the dignity of work will fulfill you. Mm. Just doing a, a job well. My wife, everything she does, everything she does with excellence, everything. Uh, and, and so, yeah, God has a, a plan for your life, a, a job for you, work for you. Um, but, but part, so part of, part of our life purpose is work, right? Uh, God, Jesus said, even the father and I, we work. Mm-hmm. I was with a priest the other day. And we we're talking about when we get to heaven again, well, yeah, we're going to have work to do. And he goes, well, no, I'm just going to behold Jesus. <laughs> and I'm thinking that, that, that is the greatest work we have is to just, that may be his work. But for some of us, we may have jobs to do. Who knows? It might be a new planet. We got to go help get started, you know, get <laughs> the roads planted right or something. But work is a beautiful gift from the Lord. And so there's great dignity in finding out what is your life work going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it may not be that there's um, this great calling, uh, as people might describe it, but there's just dignity in every work. I, I learned so much when I was a commercial banker in Southern California. I used to fly all over the country every week, and I just felt no like I just felt like it wasn't producing anything. And then I would drive along the fields on the way to go surfing, uh, the, the, the Latino laborers in the field. And I go, they have the dignity of that work, and they know how much they've done each day. You know, so so finding the purpose though is more than that. I, I invite people as they to to set aside. I I don't well, here. I have two of them right here. I have dozens of these leather books. You know, mm. these empty leather books, and I write in them all the time. And a lot of cool things have happened. The radio show, pedaling my bicycle across the United States, you know, running with the bulls, uh, because I wrote those down in the book. Yeah, you have one too. Uh, but and, and so, but a lot of things I write in there never happen, you know. So I write things down, and then and then ponder. 
ponder. Is this consistent? It, it might be, is this fractured energy? Or am I like a spear being shot through space? And this is consistent with the, 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 the calling that I see on my life. Mm. And then you kind of hone it down. But I always invite people, write the most wildest things that come to your mind. And then in time then, you begin to say, this is, this, this is going to happen. <laughs> I've got it right here, too. And then I create one of these. I get, I, whenever I'm going to have a real vision, I, I pull out a blue notebook, use the front and back sleeve, and gather information and put in there, eventually make it into a Google Doc, you know. But So there's this first phase of just kind of saying, what are my gifts and abilities? What are my talents? What am I, what are my, what am I drawn towards? And, uh, and then there's that, that time when you sift through those things, in every area of your life, and you begin to write those down. Now, as a young man, my dad was a was one of those men that spoke about goal setting and mm-hmm. and all of those things. And now there's, I think, the sigma type stuff that's out there. There's different ways, but I remember when I was 19, I read this prophet. You guys, do you guys love to read the book of Habakkuk? <laughs> not one I typically not. pick up. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Is that in the Bible? <laughs> well, in there though, there's a verse that says that says write this vision down. So when I was 19, I read this. Write this vision down in letters that are big enough so the one that's running can read them while they're running. And if the vision tarries, wait for it, for surely it will come. And so there's this writing things down where you're making a covenant with the Lord that this now we're going to, we pondered this, pondered this, and now we're going to do it. For example, eight years ago, I pondered two things. Long Ride Home, the TV show, or sailing with men on an adventure. Hmm. And we went the route of Long Ride Home, the motorcycle show, because the whole production, although very challenging, uh, was easier. If we were going to do boats at that time, you needed to have at least two so you could get the right angles. Well, now Long Ride Home, our last season is done, and now we're pursuing um, sailing. And Hmm. uh, so we have a sailboat, but now uh, the Lord provided us with a sailboat in the British Virgin Islands. Now, when we sail, we have drones to take those different pictures. So there was a, one that one of those visions was for now. One of the visions tarried, yeah. and we waited. And now the word wait, uh, it, it literally means to mend a net. Mm. So you're preparing for the next harvest. And our vision with, the, with sailing, we have a beautiful boat that can hold a four bedrooms, four cabins with four bathrooms. So we can hold, we can have couples come for retreats. We can have another boat sail with us. We can have men come. We'll teach the fathers and sons how to sail. And so we're not sure yet because we just finished this last dream. Now we're pondering uh, the, the vision, this vision. But how about just pondering how you will lead your, how you will, the goal you will have to every year a father coach one of his children in one of their sports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so, so, Every, but every little bit, bitty dream and every big dream, they should all be like the point of a spear, all aim in the same direction. So discern on it, and then as you pursue it, my dad used to say, God writes in, in pen, no, you write in pencil. Get ready for God to adjust, you know, what you're pursuing. But it's in that pursuit when, you you know, like when men join us, they go, oh, i got to lose 100 pounds. Well, actually, no, you don't. All you need to do is today eat well and exercise well. Mm-hmm. And immediately you're a success because you're you're living a life of virtue in the moment. Now I'm glad you said that way because I think a lot of listeners and and men 
I'm speaking for myself, but I don't think I'm atypical. We hear these grandiose things that you're sharing with us, Bear, and we're like, well, I'm probably not going to have a sailboat, and I'm probably not going to do this. But you just articulate it. If, what is your goal? I'm going to coach one of my kids' sports. I'm, I'm going to do something uh, for Wouldn't my that spouse. Be a great goal? Exactly. It, it, a goal is great because you set it for yourself and you achieve it. Don't be a weenie. To use a technical term, but somebody <laughs> said, "Have we have we have magnanimity? It's it's a gift and it's a and it's a virtue. Grow, think big, because we're created for greatness. But greatness for me and greatness for you and, and Mari and Craig, it's all different. But it's all great. We're mm-hmm. all created in the image and likeness of God. So yeah. we love to dial that into yeah. like, hey, even yeah. you know, although you wrote the book for." You know, based on the life of Craig and John, we, we may not be like there's other there's still hope. Right. Yeah. And I, I love well, their pragmatism. I love their pragmatism that you're yes. giving us bear because you're helping us see big, but you're also helping yeah. us take step by step. So each one of these chapters that you've named on here and we'll we'll bullet point those in our show notes. But you give pragmatic, pragmatic pragmatic, practical steps of how you can achieve what you're talking about. And I love that word ponder that you just said, because to me that always makes me think of the best mama bear of all, Mary, and that we always talk about how she pondered, you know, she pondered in her heart. She pondered everything that God was doing. And I've heard Edward Sree, Dr. Sree talk about how ponder really means how uh, Mary thought about what was God's purpose and plan in this? What is God doing in this? And so that sounds a lot like what you're saying as well. And yeah. surely it came to pass. And surely it came to pass. It's, it's always, it always is the little things, you know. It's the little foxes that spoil the vineyard, I believe it's, it says in Song of Solomon. But I heard something really cool uh, on a Western the other day, and someone made the statement, the cowboy made a statement, how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm. Yeah. Remember earlier I said my wife, everything she does is excellent. Yeah. And so it, it's it take, take joy in how you walk. Take joy in how you dress. Take joy in the orderliness of your kitchen. Take joy in, 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 take joy in, in, in the simplest tasks that, that are before you, and you'll find God in that. I mean, as an oblate, we know, you know, it's we pray and we work. Mm-hmm. And so um, take joy in everything, but, but let that all have a purpose. That all have a direction. Now that's a great place to end this uh, discussion point and have you pray us out. You know, we really do. We've been blessed by you. We really appreciate you being here. And if you would close us out in a prayer, we'd appreciate that as well. Can I say the sign of the cross in Hawaiian? Please do. Sure. Ake makua, kekeki, ameke ohana hemalele. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, St. Paul's favorite word was the word dynamos. It wasn't love. It wasn't all kinds of theological stuff. It was just dynamite. The power of the Holy Spirit, dynamos. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you infuse with all these listeners, that you would break barriers, that you would open up their hearts for new and right desires, plant in them uh, the seeds, Lord, that you will that you will, uh, you will water and you will grow and Give them great expectancy and not just determination, but the real hope that you're there walking beside them and giving them the grace and guiding them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Amen. 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 
Bear, thank you so much for being here. Listeners, thank you for being with us today. We've appreciated having Bear Wozniak here talking to us about his wonderful new book, 12 Rules for Manliness, Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? Go out and get it. Um, And join us again here next week in the Family Room, where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families. Thanks for hanging out with us in the Family Room, sponsored by Versprite. For more info, go to thequestatlanta.com.